It was ugly. Lineups and game plans were questionable. Defense non-existent at times, but the Pelicans have star players and are a deep team, and that's why they got the win over the Chicago Bulls. And at the end of the day, that's what counts. But this game also shows you that things need, need to change. And I'll break down what in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, day after the Pelicans win. Yeah, it was a win. It was an ugly one, but it was a win. 115-111 over the Chicago Bulls. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson coming through in the clutch, leading this team to victory, and that is what they're supposed to do. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, completely free and available wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube as well. Subscribe, tell a friend about the show, and number one thing you can do to support the show, comment down below. Are you just happy with the win or what are the biggest things you think need to change with the Pelicans? Because it's been an interesting opening part of the season. They're six and five. It's a winning record. That's about what I wanted to see from this team. And it feels weird to criticize this team a lot after a win, but I think we need to do that because they could have lost this game. They could have lost this game by double digits. They could have won this game by double digits if little things and fixable things were tweaked. So we're going to look at it in today's episode. This was really a tale of two halves for New Orleans. In the first half, they looked awful. They looked really bad. Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, CJ McCollum just could not get anything going. Those three players combined for eight total points. Ingram was one of three. Zion was one of two. CJ was 0 for 7 in the first half. And New Orleans somehow led. And this is where their depth really shines through. You can sometimes call this a big four. After the loss to the Indiana Pacers, a number of y'all wanted me to do a show on Valanciunas, probably talking about how he's not been fitting in well, helping, things like that. But you saw them feed him early on in this game, and when the Pelicans needed someone to carry them, it was him. 13.7 rebounds for Jonas in the first half of this game. He finished with 21 and 13 on the night. You also had the bench be a spark plug. Jose Alvarado came in and gave you seven points, led this team offensively, got them into their sets, played good defense, did everything he could just to provide energy off the bench. You had Najee Marshall step in, give you seven points, hitting a three, playing good defense on a night that it still struggled despite Willie Green saying after the Indiana Pacers game that that's the area they needed to focus on. And then coming out of the break in the second half, it was the Zion and Brandon Ingram show and Herb Jones show to a lesser extent too. In the fourth quarter, it was really Zion starting to take over. Them finally, and we'll get into this in the next segment, using him properly because they have a Zion problem in not knowing where to get him the ball and how to let him cook. But they finally got him the ball on the perimeter 
let him initiate and create, and he scored 11 points on seven shot attempts. The Pelicans got into the bonus with over nine and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. And then down the stretch, it was Brandon Ingram trading shots with DeMar DeRozan from the Chicago Bulls, leading this team to victory, coming through in the clutch. 16 points on six of eight shooting. Making a three, one of only three made three-pointers the Pelicans had on the night, which is insane to me. Making his free throws, and this team got a tough-fought victory, but one that they could have lost by 10 or one they could have won by 10. This is why you have star players, right? They got to go out and they got to do their thing, and they did. And you have your guys off the bench to sometimes elevate you, and you really saw the depth of the team. Most teams are going to lose by a lot if your three best players, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and CJ McCollum, struggle going 2 of 12 in the first half. The fact that they won this game, despite some of the numbers, is is almost like mind-blowing to me. They were 3 of 19 from 3. They took under 23-point attempts, and they only made three of them. They made one three in the second half. You had DeMar DeRozan going out and scoring 33 points, trading buckets with Brandon Ingram down the stretch. It was just a fun game overall. And I don't want to nitpick too much, but we can't sugarcoat this win and say everything is fine. Six and five is great. I wanted the Pelicans to be at or around 500 after their first 11 games, eight of 11 on the road. And now they have a six game homestand coming up. So they look to go on a winning streak and build some momentum. Their season almost starts like tomorrow, today against the Portland Trailblazers, depending on when you're listening to this. So they're finally going to be able to get some rest and tweak some things. So I hope we see those changes because you can't sugarcoat a win that really was questionable at times. The use of Zion, the lineups, three-point shooting, some of the rotations too. I want to get into all of that here with this because some changes need to be made, need to be made. And Willie Green needs to look and be a little bit introspective, I think, during this this six-game homestand where they can figure some things out, where these guys are sleeping in their own beds because the recipe to lose a lot of games is out there. And you saw it on full display in that game against the Indiana Pacers where that final score is not nearly as indicative of the, the gap between those two teams and how badly I thought New Orleans lost that one. This one, the depth and the individual players shine through. Brandon Ingram going ISO, coming off screens, doing his thing. But if he has an off night and he's had them this year, had it against the Indiana Pacers, you lose. But you would have been able to weather a Brandon Ingram bad game, let's say, if you change some of these other things. So making these type of changes, nitpicking in a sense like we're going to do here in the next two segments of today's show. So if you just want pure optimism, you can stop right here. It's okay. But if you want to kind of get into the nitty gritty of what's not working, what needs to change for New Orleans, that's coming up in the next two segments because you could lose some very winnable games. And as we get deeper into the season, we're over a tenth of the way through, these games are not ones that you can still try and be figuring things out or being stubborn and sticking to things that just simply aren't working. So that's all coming up here next. Let's get into Zion, how he's being used and the three-point shooting coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. 
Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You have to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available to make sure you get the right person for the job. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You leave those positions open, you take months to fill it, it's only going to hurt your bottom line, you're going to bleed money, you might lose others, it's not the right way to run your business. So simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. If you're a job seeker, it's also a great place to go find your next job as well. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. The good, winning, ugly, and at the end of the day, look, a win is a win. I understand that. They count the same in the column, whether they're pretty, whether you struggled, whatever. whether the refs helped you out, maybe the other team threw a bad inbound pass that you and turned it over and you didn't have to play defense basically on the final possession of the game. They all count the same. So you take them. And it's a credit to New Orleans with the star players coming through like they did. The bench being able to elevate them 23 bench points in the first half alone to keep New Orleans in it till they figured it out down the stretch. But against better teams than the Chicago Bulls, who are missing Lonzo, you know, missing Lonzo Ball and, and still kind of figuring some things out too, you're going to lose those games like they did against the Indiana Pacers. And at the end of the season, that could be the difference between the play-in tournament and being a top six seed and not having to go through that. And I think we'd all like to avoid that as we have high expectations for this Pelican squad this season. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, tell a friend about the show, leave a comment down below on YouTube as well. So Zion finally got going, but it's near coaching malpractice to have Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson take a combined five shots in the first half of a game. They didn't seem to be feeling it. Things seemed off. In the first half, Zion played just under 12 minutes of action. Compare that to the top two players on the Chicago Bulls. DeRozan took 10 shots. Levine took 11. That's 22 compared to... It's, uh, my math is terrible. That's 21 compared to the five for the Pelicans, for the top two players on each team. That's usually a recipe to lose. And you've got to get those guys more involved early on. And they both seem very passive. And Zion Williamson said after the game... We were passive. We were just kind of passing the ball off. And then in the second half, they started to turn it around and said, let's just go and do our thing. They got to be empowered and know to just go and do their thing in the first half. You know, when you realized in the first quarter that it just wasn't really working with those guys, well, then make adjustments. Neither of them took one shot attempt in the box score. They went to the free throw line in the second half. Neither neither did. Brandon Ingram didn't take one shot attempt at all. Zion Williamson at least, you know, was was looking and got fouled and went to the line. Brandon Ingram's was on a technical foul. So how does that happen? 
How how does that happen as you saw Chicago start to go on runs in this one? And if it wasn't for a guy like Jonas Valanciunas, this would have been a 10-point deficit for New Orleans. It's, it's a very good thing Valanciunas is here. I do think he is an underrated center. That's on Willie Green to figure out to run some plays and get these guys doing things. So whenever Zion touched the ball in the, in the first half, and this is basically whenever he touches the ball ever, he gets doubled. You've seen it. But there's a difference between a double in the low post and when he's double teamed up at the top of the three-point line. In the first half, and this is something they love, they love to do and it doesn't work, they like to get him the ball in the post, let him play with his back to the basket, and then try and do that spin move he has and get to the rim and score. And it's a credit to him that everyone knows this is coming and he, they still can't stop it at an efficient rate and he can go and do his thing. But you've seen turnovers out of that. You've seen guys try and beat him to the spot in that situation. It's much better to get him a full head of steam. And it's tougher to pass out of those situations for him. He can't get the ball to the top of the three-point line because you're going through so many bodies in traffic. No one's going to really be able to make that kind of pass. you got to kick it out to the corners. But when you get him at the top of the three-point line, and this is what they started to do, particularly in the second half in the fourth quarter, you get him the ball at the top of the three-point line, he takes a step or two going downhill, going to the rim, and two guys close in on him. And then he has the whole court to be able to make the decision on what he wants to do. This is point Zion. His gravity creating space for others. Pass it out to an open three-point shooter. They make another pass when help defense comes over to run them off the line. And you get an open look from three. Now, the Pelicans were simply missing them in this game, but the looks were there as they have been all year long as evidence why New Orleans going into this game, it's going to drop now, had the fifth best shooting percent from three. We talked about that in yesterday's show. They need simply need to do more of this. The post-up Zion works in splashes here and there, but it can't be the way that you entirely run your offense through him. It is not the best use. You also then realize you can't do that on every play and they just stick him in the corner. It doesn't work. I, I, I think what they're trying to do is draw two defenders down low to give room for Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum in the mid-range where they really like to get their shots. CJ's been shooting really poorly this year and hasn't been great. Brandon has been in and out of the lineup at times dealing with that concussion, has had a rough game or two. And instead, let Zion be the focal point to make life easier for them, not the other way around. The only way you're going to space the court for Zion is with three-point shooting. When you take 19, that's not going to do it. But when you get him the ball at the top, and I talked about this literally in yesterday's show, you get him the ball at the top of the three-point line, he starts to move downhill, kick it out to open shooters, they make those shots, you're going to force them to eventually close out on guys and to not sag off and try and take Zion away when you're shooting it close to 40%. That is a magic number for New Orleans. More of that. But Willie Green does not like to get Zion the ball there consistently. It needs to kind of be ingrained as this is what we do. This is how we operate. Zion up top to be able to create create for others, not down in the low post where it just doesn't work. We've seen that time and time again. When they when he came alive in the fourth quarter, 36 points for New Orleans in the fourth in this one. 
He scored 11 on seven shot attempts. They got into the bonus early on because they foul him when he's moving from the three-point line going downhill, not on the low post moves. Then they're going to call him like a, like a big, but maybe you get him called a little bit more like a guard on drives from the top of the three-point line. They have to get to that more. It also is going to create more open looks for you, and this is a good shooting team. You can hear the frustration in my voice, right? And I'm sure you felt the same way at times too. But it's working enough that I wonder if New Orleans thinks they don't need that. You know, Willie Green can point and go, look, we won a game with three made threes. That's it. It's fine. We're capable of doing this. That is looking at results over the process. And that's not the way that you want to go about doing it because this is an outlier. This is an abnormality compared to what usually would happen in a game like this. This is a game New Orleans should have lost. Star players and the bench in the first half got them that win. This is not a recipe for success though. The Pelicans are 6-5. and five. That is a good record where I wanted to see them. That was my expectation. Actually, I would have been happy with 5-6 and six during this first 11-game stretch with 8 of the first 11 on the road. But that's not my expectation for the whole season. And that's where things need to change because if you want those type of results, you're going to have to do things differently. And we see that here. There's also a couple of other things they need to do differently because certain lineups, certain combinations are killing them at times. And it's plain as day. Jen Hale asked after the game of Brandon Ingram, you know, Willie Green said defense was important. How do y'all think you did on that side of the ball in this one? Probably expecting him to give a positive answer. And Brandon Ingram goes, our defense, or sorry, he goes, quote, we were poop emoji on defense. That's what he said. I, I don't swear on the show, but that's what he said. Let's look at what's causing that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all like no one else is coming to you, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. The wins, the losses, hopefully telling the truth about an ugly win that New Orleans got. It's a win. We take it. We're happy about that. I'm excited to be in the Smoothie King Center for the Portland game. We'll all be cheering, but it was an ugly win and we don't need to sugarcoat it because changes need to be made because... I don't know if you're going to be able to win beating the Portland Trailblazers by scoring just three three-pointers and using Zion poorly. And look, guard play, opponents, perimeter defense has been a problem. You got Damian Lillard coming to town. That's not ideal here. So things have got to change. And now for your second listen, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And today we are looking at the Pelicans 115-111 win over the Chicago Bulls. I'm not going to kill the team too much because they're constructed to be able to win ugly at times against whatever teams like the Chicago Bulls, but this would not fly against a big team. I'm never going to not take a win no matter what it looks like, but changes need to be made because you're seeing the same things happen over and over and over again, and they're frustrating to watch. So we just went over how they use Zion. The fact that they need to take more threes given that they're a good three-point shooting team. And then once you're bombing away from three and teams don't double Zion on the low block when you post him up, maybe you can do that all you want and it'll work more effectively. 
But they also have been really struggling on defense, particularly the pick and roll defense. And after the press conference against the Indiana Pacers, Willie Green said, we are going to work on that. That needs to change. That was why they lost the game. And that is true. Was the defense better in this one? I'm not so sure that it was. You know, they gave up 111 points. It's not the end of the world here. But I can't say that I loved what we saw from the defense in this. This was a game where the same things kind of kept happening. They struggled in the pick and roll. Guys would get downhill, force a rotation, which led to open three-point shooters. The Pelicans run those guys off the line, so they kick it out to another three-point shooter who either takes takes the three and either makes it or misses, and it's a long rebound that goes back to the Chicago Bulls for an offensive board. And New Orleans saw those long rebounds start to really come up late in the fourth quarter of this one, and it could have tanked them. Luckily, it didn't. They got the win, but and they did a good job limiting the Bulls on the offensive boards for the most part. It was really just those long rebounds off those missed threes that when the Pelicans guards are out of position that they're unable to get. You know, you, you've got to figure that stuff out because your defense is hurting when it comes to that. And you're not able to end those possessions. And you can also see certain combinations of lineups really don't work. At times in this one, you saw a lineup of CJ McCollum, Devontae Graham, and Billy Hernan Gomez out there on the court. Look, Billy needed to play because Larry Nance Jr. is out with the hyperextended knee. So I don't fault Willie Green for really going to him. But that's probably not the type of guard lineup that you need out there. When you don't have... Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson out there to really carry some of that and at least try and beat teams by scoring because defensively that lineup was rough. Devontae Graham has made some nice plays and he was a mixed bag in this one on the defensive side of the ball. Had some nice plays but kept getting burnt too. You saw it where Drogic blew by him and then threw that hook over the head pass which ended up in an and one for the Chicago Bulls. That happens way too frequently. When guards like... Um, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, who's more of a wing, is torching this team. Why is a guy like Dyson Daniels on the bench? They trusted him to guard Luka Doncic. They trusted him to guard LeBron James. He screwed up and missed those two free throws. But what message are you sending him by sticking him on the bench in a game that you do need him? There were stretches in the second quarter and in the third quarter and start of the fourth when you needed defense out there. And Devontae Graham... You know, hit a three in this, and that's it. Add some plays. He's made some plays and stepped up. He's better defensively this year than he was last year, but he still is regularly getting beat on the perimeter, and it's causing all those rotations and long actions for New Orleans on the defensive side of the ball, and it's hurting them. Why not try a rookie who can create for others, we think, and is good size and defensive chops? We've seen lineups where they're lacking creation and defense. Dyson Daniels, who you drafted eighth, is there to help with that. So I don't know why they get away from, well, it's not even get away from it, why they're not going to that at times. You know, you really could have used him, I thought, in the Indiana game. You could have used him in this game as well. Or at least seen it because some of those lineups that get run out, Billy Hernan Gomez was a minus 14 in 11 and a half minutes of action. With Devontae Graham out there, Devontae Graham's individual plus minus is positive two because he played with other starters. 
And when he was there in the bench with the bench unit, it was rough. Try Dyson Daniels in that situation. This is a Garrett Temple situation all over again. And that's not what you want. Trey Murphy was stuck on the bench last year when he was an impactful player. See what you have in Dyson Daniels. You drafted him eighth overall for a reason. He's even made his threes this year. And I'm just not sure what they're seeing. They also go, went to that Zion Williamson at the five lineup and went with a real small ball lineup. And that team got torched on the glass. That lasted all of like two minutes before they said, nope, we can't do this. And at least Willie Green made a change then. But these come up at bad times and in close games. And this isn't the time to go with some weird funky lineup that you just want to see if it truly, truly works when we've seen enough before that it doesn't. And... That's frustrating. That's going to turn winnable games into losses, something that's already happened for New Orleans this season. So now that you get a six-game home stretch where guys are sleeping in their own bed, you want to go on a winning streak right now. You need to make sure things are kind of clicking and working and using the analytics to make these informed decisions because there's some questionable ones being made in terms of the rotations, the lineups, and how you're using your players when just watching the game tells you I'm a big fan of you watch and you draw conclusions from that and then you check and see if the data matches up with it or you can do the reverse. I find interesting stats all the time that go, wait, hold on. Is that truly happening or is there something screwing with this? Then you go watch the game film to see if it matches up with that and when you can square those two together, that's when you kind of really figure out what's going on. Obviously, the Pelicans are doing that, but I don't know. Something just seems off, doesn't it? Do you get that same feeling? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. And regardless, well, Thursday, you get a chance to beat the Portland Trailblazers and figure it all out and get to sleep in your own bed and be able to sleep in your own bed for a little bit. So hopefully that'll give New Orleans a little bit of momentum to go on a winning streak here and start to climb up the standings because it feels like their season really starts right now. So let me know what you thought about this game, what changes you want to see made down in the comments below. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.